Welcome to Earl Stewart on Cars with Earl and Nancy Stewart, Stu Stewart, and Rick Kearney. Reach them with your questions at 877-960-9960. And now, here's Earl Stewart. Good morning, everybody. Back again for two hours of fact-filled, hope a little, little bit of entertainment along the way about how not to be ripped off by a car dealer. Whether you're buying, leasing, maintaining, or repairing your car, that's what we do here at Earl on Cars. True oldie station. A little bit misleading because we don't sing. Uh, there's no 60s and 70s music going on, at least maybe in my head, and when I'm tapping my foot a little bit, but we're trying to inform you. Uh, this show is an educational show, largely. Car buying can be a very, very uh, dangerous experience, dangerous to your pocketbook, and uh, been that way for a long time. I'm a recovering car dealer, and my qualifications are that I used to do it, uh, the old way. I'm, you remember when the FBI used to hire jewel thieves that were, uh, maybe they'd give them amnesty and they would inform the FBI how to catch another jewel thief? Well, I'm kind of like a car dealer that's trained to help you avoid being taken advantage of by a car dealer. Start selling cars in 1968. I was a car dealer uh, over 50 years ago. And I've had multiple franchises. I've sold, I've sold Pontiacs and Mazdas and Peugeots and Fiats and Lanchias and checker cabs. I even sold checker cabs. I'm, I'm selling Toyotas right now. Full transparency, I am a Toyota dealer. I've been a Toyota dealer since 1975. So I've got the inside uh, track on what really happens when you go into a car dealership. It's... Uh, as I look back on it, and I look uh, at the way I used to sell cars, um, I feel a little embarrassed about what I used to do. Funny thing is, I didn't feel guilty back in those days. Uh, it was kind of like everybody did it that way, and bait and switch advertising was SOP when we advertised cars, when I advertised cars. I used to advertise cars at a price I know you couldn't buy the car for. That's what car dealers do today, and uh, it's really a shame. In fact, one of my advices I, I give to all people is don't ever reply or respond, I should say, to a car dealer advertisement, whether it's online, whether it's a, a newspaper, radio, television. They're all deceptive. I mean, it's amazing, isn't it? Uh, you, if anybody out there is listening, I'd like you to call me and tell me if you ever bought a car at the advertised price. In other words, out the door. Did you ever... Buy a car for the price that they told you you could advertise the car uh, uh, that you could buy it for on the advertisement. Uh, I had one person, uh, I think, on the show call in a few weeks ago yeah. that said he did. Let's see if there's anybody else out there because car dealers deliberately understate the price they'll sell you the car for. If they didn't, if they gave you, uh, in their minds, if they gave you the real price, you would just take that real price and go to the competition. And the competition will sell you the car for a little bit less. So they try to avoid that possibility, but that's what the free marketplace is supposed to be all about. When you shop on Amazon, when you go into Target, when you go to Kmart, Costco, uh, wherever you buy Walmart, wherever you buy a product, what do you do? You shop for the lowest price. Car dealers take away that right for you to shop for the lowest price. So here we are for two hours. Love to have you call the show. That's the most important thing. 877-960-9960 is a call-in number, and we also have a text number, 772-497-6530. We had an anonymous feedback, or it might have been a caller, 
ask. I think it was called caller last week says, mm-hmm. don't give out two numbers at the same time. I apologize. So for that caller, I'm going to give just the text number out, and I won't mention the caller number. 772-497-6530. Easy to remember. We love text. I've got a studio... Uh, full of experts here. Not just I'm not here by myself. I got Rick Kearney to my right. Rick Kearney is one of the most knowledgeable people that I've ever known in my 50 plus years in the car business when it comes to the technical aspects of a car, the how it runs, how it operates, how you need to repair it, uh, how you need to you know, uh, fine-tune it. Uh, you know, the we used to call him a mechanic, and then we call him a auto technician, and now we call him a auto computer scientist. And uh, I mean, it's hard to believe. You know, 25, 25 years ago, you had no idea that you'd be doing flash computer uh, fixes on a car, did you? I had no guess at all on you that. You didn't know what a computer was 25 was, years ago. That was sci-fi. No, I, yeah. call, I called that. You remember? <laughs> But anyway, you should have put money on it. Anyway, the, ev- the, evolution, <laughs> the evolution of the way cars are repaired uh, is just amazing. And uh, Rick Bat's about 990. He, every now and then he's got to use that uh, laptop in front of him, and he'll Google the answer. But oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, if you have any questions about the operation of your older car, newer car, any model, you just uh, give us a call at 877-960-9960, and Rick will answer the question. You ladies out there, to Rick's right is Nancy Stewart. Nancy is my co-host. She's been with me since the get-go on the Rolling Cars, going back 14 or 15 years. When we first started, it was only a half-an-hour show. I can't imagine how we said much in a half an hour. We thought we were on for a long time. It was kind of scary. And then we suddenly moved to an hour. And then we just didn't have enough time in an hour. And now we're doing two hours. And Nancy's uh, strong suit is the female aspect of buying cars. Half the buyers out there, obviously, are women, because half the people on the planet are women. (laughs) And as you all know, if you're anywhere around a a television set or online or or you watch the news at all, this is the hashtag MeToo revolution. The women have uprisen. Is that the right word, Stu? Uprose, uprisen. Uprised. That's a hard one. That's yeah, a hard yeah, one. Yeah, it's too early. For anyway, they're up. They're standing up. They're coming at us, guys, <laughs> and they have a right to come at us because we've been treating them wrong for a long time. And um, the name of the game is: if you're a woman, you call the show. Nancy's got. I won't ruin her surprise, but she has a special uh, surprise for new female callers. Yes. And we love to have at least half. We want at least half of the people that call in or text in. We want parity. We want parity. Yes. That's the word. That's a fancy word. And Nancy will tell you why she feels so strongly about why women are singled out. Uh, there, there, are, there, there are other classes that are singled out. Uh, elderly, and we'll talk about that later in the show, too. Uh, there's also the less educated, the uh, less sophisticated. Do you realize when you walk into a car dealership that nobody pays the same price for the same car? Isn't that amazing? Can you imagine going into Publix and everybody paid a different price for the same loaf of bread or the same jar of pickles or the same steak? Everybody paid a different price. It's barbaric. It is barbaric. There's a difference between uh, the difference between prices on a car can be as much as $10,000 and more. I kid you not. The same exact year make model car. 
the salespeople are paid on commission. They get 25% of how much they can mark the car up. MSRP, forget about it. That's almost a thing of the past. MSRP has to be on the car by federal law, but the dealers are now putting their own labels on the car, marking them way up, and if they can get you for a $10,000 profit in the trade, car dealers call that a slam dunk. When I was a, a bad guy back in my evil days, uh, that was a slam dunk. We used to reward the salespeople, right, Stu, that had the slam dunks. We gave them a steak dinner. Steak dinner. Oh, a steak dinner. Yes. If you made four thousand dollars or <laughs> at the, more at the Sizzling at the Sizzling Steakhouse. At the Sizzling <laughs> Steakhouse. I mean, I'm confused with Chris. I mean, I'm Bruce embarrassed. Chris. Yeah. It really makes me. It really makes I me. I never won one of those. Nervous to think that I actually Aww. did that. I know. And then, of course, there's Stu. Your You've birthday. heard you. Stu's been chit-chatting a little bit here. Stu is. Uh, Stu is my son. And uh, been in the business quite a while, too. And uh, he's our, our cyber guy. He's uh, those clicks you hear in the background. You hear that? Stu's, uh, Look at Stu's Apple computer. <laughs> and he's on Twitter. He's on YouTube. He's on Facebook. He's on Periscope. He's on Instagram. And all the, this is the, this is where it's at. And we have a lot of people my age listening. And, and newspapers, television. It's where my kids it. are at. That's where, no, that's where the <laughs> millennials are at, too. Everybody. A lot of people. So, so uh, we are streaming as we speak here. Facebook.com forward slash Earl on Cars. Facebook.com forward slash Earl on Cars. We're on YouTube. We're all over the planet, as a matter of fact. So you can watch us and live in color at any time. Uh, I'm going to introduce Nancy to talk about our, our special offer for female Callers to the show. Okay, um, I'm going to mention a special offer for Stu Stewart. He's won himself a steak dinner for his birthday at Roos Chris hey uh, now. on Thursday evening. Well, thank you very much. Congratulations. I guess I'm going to cancel my <laughs> reservations at Chuck E. Cheese now. <laughs> Could <laughs> and Sorry, Rudy's Chuckie. back. Oh my goodness! Thank you, Rudy, and of course Jonathan. Is right over there in the control room. They're part of our team. We thank them every week for all they do. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome. And ladies, $50 for the first two new lady callers. Yes, give us a call at 877-960-9960, and you can win yourself $50 if you are a first-time female caller. we got a whole lot to get to. I'm pretty excited about uh, the Attorney General, Ashley Moody, and her week in review that I read this past week. And uh, the, um, well, she's formed a, uh, how, sh which, how shall I put it, it is a uh, Florida new senior protection program. Yeah. And uh, we are going to be uh, part of that. Yes. And uh, we're going to talk about that. Some exciting news. So uh, just uh, stay tuned and stay with us. We've got an exciting mystery shopping report. We've got a whole lot to get to. 877-960-9960. Now back to the recovering car dealer. Yeah, well, we'll talk about what you alluded to, I think, because it's coming up quickly. And uh, what Nancy was referring to is we've been invited by the Florida Attorney General's Office, uh, Division of Seniors versus Crime. A uh, great group of folks in all over Florida. They have different regions. The South Florida group has invited us to appear uh, on April 25th, which is also Stu's birthday. 
Well, Stu, will you be attending? Or you, it's your birthday. You probably won't be there. Oh, I'm going to be working. He's okay. made that announcement. <laughs> but it's April it really 25th. Wasn't going to He's been making that announcement for weeks. April 25th, <laughs> and it's in West Palm Beach. It's just off of I-95, exit number 53, and that's Palm Beach Lakes Boulevard. So whether you're coming from the north or the south, just get off I-95 at exit number 53, exit west, and it's right off I-95. It's 900 Brandywine Road, and the United Methodist this church is off this their meeting hall there and it will accommodate at least 500 people at least yeah and we would love to have you attend and for the first 500 folks who attend you're going to get a copy of my book and this book is confessions of a recovering car dealer confessions of a recovering car dealer first 500 attending april 25th two o'clock west palm <laughs> beach exit 53 off of palm beach Let's go right exit west, 900 Brandywine Road, 2 o'clock. And we're going to tell all the seniors where if, you, if you're not a senior, but you know a senior, you're related to us, there's a lot of ability in South Florida. Bring your friends, refer your friends. We're going to talk about the things that you need to do to avoid being taken advantage of by, by a car dealer. And did I mention it's free? Yeah. And uh, just because you're not a senior, you're still qualified to get in. Exactly. It's free to the public, ladies and gentlemen, and it's a seminar you just don't want to miss. So we'll give you some more information later on in the show. If you haven't jotted uh, the uh, date done in the time, April 25th at 2 o'clock, that's a Thursday. And uh, we have a caller, and it's uh, Tina, who is our female caller, regular caller. Good morning, Tina. Good morning, Nancy. Just the woman I want to talk to. <clears throat> I haven't had a chance to talk to you in a while. And this is kind of like an update on a situation we spoke about before because I was mentioning and we were discussing as a group how there's not a lot of dealerships that are owned by women. Well, the tide's starting to change just a little bit. There's this uh, blog called or website called blackbusiness.org and in the January 1st edition of their blog, there is a first-ever black-owned Lexus dealership, woman-owned Lexus dealership, and I'm sure you probably already know about this, but it's located in Huntsville, Alabama, and the lady, i got to read this here, the print's kind of tiny, but the lady, she worked her way up the ranks to, to be a dealership owner, and her name is Elena Fairhurst. Is it, is it yes, Elena Fairhurst. And she kind of busted the glass ceiling on her own. She started, let me see what her story was. I have to flip back and forth here. Um, she worked at the Chrysler dealership in a training program for a while hmm. prior to, to her Lexus dealership being the first to secure an infinity uh, franchise. And she started all the way back in 1968. Wow. So wow. she was a secretary at the Ford Motor Company. And then 20 years later, she was awarded her very own dealership. Still runs it today. So women can do this. It can happen. Absolutely. Absolutely, Tina. Uh, thanks for sharing that story with us. Uh, there are more and more women who, uh, oh, well, I'm going to say maybe a handful that own their own dealerships, and uh, it's a new day. Um, Earl mentioned earlier about a 
Well, uprising, uh, I, I think the, the way I look at it is that we have all women realize that our voices must be heard and that uh, we need to join together because there's power in numbers. Uh, Earl, what do you have to say? Well, I, I, you know, I obviously support that 100%. I really think Very rare. if the manufacturers were on their toes, I mean, Lexus and Toyota, I mean, they're the same thing, but uh, General Motors, Chrysler, Ford, all the manufacturers, if they really uh, had the foresight that they should have, they would be strongly, proactively looking for women dealers. Um, I, I just can't imagine. I, the, I don't know that much about women, but Nancy knows a whole lot about women, and they tell they tell me, women I speak to, and Nancy, uh, they would prefer to deal uh, with a woman-owned company, whether it's they're selling refrigerators or bicycles or cars. Uh, they feel that this is something that they should do to patronize uh, women-owned uh, enterprises. Absolutely. And there are so few women-owned uh, car dealerships, uh, Stu just reminded me, we know a, another woman that is, uh, owns a car dealership in Carlsbad, California. Happens to be a Lexus dealership. But uh, out of all the dealers we know, that's about the only woman dealer we heard of. And then that's correct. you just mentioned this other one, Tina. So you manufacturers out there or representatives, uh, you start signing up some women dealers, and you would be amazed how your sales will boom. You'll... you'll uh, you will dominate a market if you put a woman dealer into a market that has no other women dealers. I agree, I agree with that. She, and uh, 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 Tina, she, usually brought, it takes usually it takes dealers about fifteen years to pay off their dealership. Mm-hmm. She paid off her dealership in eight. Wow! Wow! Well, there you go. Huntsville. That's just amazing. And and do you know why? Uh, because uh, uh, to ignore women in this industry is a financial disaster, and. There, that statement that you just made that she paid off her dealership in eight years and not 15 says it all. I don't need to say any more. Yeah, Ms. Fairhurst, she has quite a lot of really good reviews on her website as well. So if you're in Huntsville, Alabama, and you need a Lexus or looking for a Lexus, I would definitely visit her place. And that's in Huntsville? She deserves the support. Thank you, Tina. I really appreciate that. And uh, we're behind you 100% on that and all the ladies. And I hope the manufacturers out there get the message. I'll bet you that uh, Lexus dealership is amazingly successful and take a clue from that and uh, open up another Lexus dealership with a woman manager and dealer. Absolutely. You know, Tina, thank you so much for your support. Uh, You're really helping to build this platform uh, that we need help on as females. And uh, your call, all the information you share with us is priceless. I want to thank you personally. Oh, thank you. I appreciate it. Enjoy your holiday weekend. Thank you very much. The same to you. 877-960-9960. Give us a call toll-free. we got some text, don't we, Stu? We do have some text, and we also have Howard on the line. Howard on the line. Good morning, Howard. Good morning. A beautiful morning this morning. It is. It's great talking to you guys. Hey. Um, I have two uh, things I'd like to talk to you about. Um, First of all, tires. Uh, I purchased a car new from Earl, and... uh, it had a 500 treadwear. Uh, uh, it said 500 for the treadwear. Yeah, that's pretty good. Uh, 22, th- yeah. Yeah. That's pretty good. It, that's yeah. That's that's a long. That's that's a higher than normal in terms of the treadwear index, and that would give you a, a lot of miles of wear. 
it's not giving me a lot of miles because I got um, close to 23,000 miles. And I, I put the penny in uh, the tread. I can't, and, and uh, I, I could, uh, you, you're supposed to uh, uh, see Lincoln's head. Lincoln's head is out of, out of the treadwear. So, um, um, in other words, uh, the tires are done. How are 23,000 miles. Were those the original tires when you bought the car? Howard? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's a little unusual, isn't it, uh, Rick? I didn't think they're starting to put the higher treadwear index on cars now. 500 actually is about an average number, really. But it's, well, I'm, I'm going to throw out the sneaky little secret, and it's actually pretty well known, but um, tire companies make special tires to go on the brand-new car they're a soft compound rubber so that when you first drive that car out of the showroom and you first get it on the road, that car is just as soft and smooth riding as can be. But would it be smooth and riding with a 500 treadwear index? 500 is it's two, about average two, now. No, 800 is actually more a more reasonable number now well, for treadwear. Well, 200 is, used to be about the average, so they've raised it. Oh, you won't even find a 200 anymore. Yeah. Okay, Howard. Thank you very much. Uh, yeah, one other one other question. Uh, uh, the maintenance uh, sign is coming on my uh, <clears throat> my dashboard. It says maintenance required, and after a while, it blocks out everything. I, you, I can't get the tire pressure or anything like that. Uh, is there any way to reset that uh, before I go in for service? Can I do it myself? Yes, you can. You've got the little steering wheel controls that let you go into vehicle settings. And if you go into vehicle settings, you'll find uh, the maintenance setting in there, and you can reset it yourself. Oh, that's great. It's okay, just, very it's just good. using Thank those little much. arrows on the steering wheel. Fine. Right. Right. We answer all your questions, take... Howard? Oh, that's great. It's okay, just, it's just okay, thanks very much for the <laughs> call, yeah, Howard. Yeah, thanks, Howard. Uh, give us a call tool-free at 877-960-9960. Remember, ladies... We're waiting for you to give us a call so you can win yourself $50, the first two new lady callers. We have a call from New Jersey. Wow. Wow. Good morning, Josh. Welcome uh, to the show. Nationwide. How you guys doing? Hey, Josh. Great. So I actually found you guys looking when I was um, probably about two years ago. I was trying to get out of a current Infinity that I purchased, and uh, I was going to my first lease. So you've actually helped me go through two vehicles. So I wanted to just give, first of all, a lot of praise and, and say thank you for what you guys are doing because it's the first time I learned those things that you were teaching. So I appreciate what you guys do. Thank you. Thanks a lot. Thank you. And um, so I have one question for you. So I'm actually getting ready to go into my next lease. So I'm currently in a Nissan Maxima. So I'm going to the new Q, Q, uh, Infiniti Q50 Red Sport. And I've seen the numbers, the way that you, you, you negotiate with lease terms and, and numbers and price. And the numbers are fluctuating a lot more than I expected. And now I've got the numbers down probably about $200 a month. The first couple of quotes came back in the high sevens, which is pretty outrageous. Wow. But now I got it down to about 562 with tax tags, titles, and fees. And I, got, I actually got a buyer's order because I got it from a Pennsylvania dealership saying that I was going to make the drive out, but I needed the buyer's order uh, to go ahead and, and sign and get all the paperwork done. So I actually got a buyer's order sent to me, so I was able to get it uh, matched 
at a dealership right by my house, believe it or not, here, right, right outside of New York City. So mm-hmm. my question would be, I guess, I would like to see it maybe come down a little bit more. And is it should I wait for a certain promotion to come out? Because they say each month a different promotion comes out. Or should I, I guess, maybe just say this is the kind of number I'm looking to be at? I'd like to get it down maybe another $50 a month. Josh, let me, let me ask you a question. Why have you decided to focus on the payment rather than the price? And the reason I ask is there are various ways that a car dealer can manipulate a payment. Uh with interest rates and terms and down payments, uh, I always recommend that you go, you negotiate the price first, and then the payment will fall in line with the price, and you choose the terms, and that way you can be sure you get the right terms, down payment, interest rate. Uh, uh, when you say that the lowest payment you got was 562 so far per month, uh, are all the dealers giving you the equal term? In other words, is that a 36 months, 48 month, or 60 month? Or are the dealers all being uh, the same in terms of the conditions of that payment? Mm-hmm. So everything in, is in writing on the buyer's order. It's a 39-month lease. 39. Uh, $2,000 oh. down. Okay, it's a lease. I'm and sorry. Then, I'm missing, uh, yeah, 30 month. Okay. Okay. What about down payment? $2,000. Okay. All right. So I'm, I, I apologize. I'm sticking to purchase. You said lease. Uh, no, I think, uh, I think you're going about this. Uh, the right way, and um, your question about can you take it down even further, there is the uh, strange fact that the prices on vehicles drop toward the end of the month, and that's when the dealers have to make their quotas, the salespeople have to make their quotas, their bonuses and rewards, uh, significant rewards uh, that come at the end of the month. So I would wait... uh, I would wait till the end of this month. You're looking at we're close to it now, and uh, when you get close to April 30, uh, I would give them one more shot and see how much further down in payment they could come on the lease. Okay. Yeah. Absolutely. That. That. I remember you saying that, and um, yeah. I've I've just been doing my due diligence because my lease isn't even up till the end of the year, but they're trying to get me out of it within six months of of. Uh, I guess the end of the lease contract, they could take you out of it. So I can wait till the month of December if uh, you would think that waiting till the end of the year would be probably oh, yeah. lucrative in terms of getting even Even better. Yeah. And be sure, Josh, that the allocation of mileage per year is the same for all the dealers because they can lower the payment by uh, being chintzy on the mileage. You know, you can get 15,000 miles per year is about the average drive uh, if uh if it's any less than 12,000 miles per year, you need to take a look at it. Just be sure each dealer that you got the price, the uh, like the, the lowest dealer was 562. If he lowers your mileage to only 10,000 per year and the other dealers were at 12,000, that's something to take into consideration because now you're looking at 25 cents per mile on overage if you're a higher mileage driver. Absolutely. All of them are $15,000. I, I did what you did and got my non-negotiables written down. Wow. I gave it to each dealer. Wow. And I went to about 10 dealers, and they all started coming back with numbers. And now, finally, the numbers are coming down where they need to be. And uh, so now I'm getting close to doing a deal Very once good. they want to take me out of the lease without me rolling the payments. I'm proud of you. You really did your work. You're doing everything exactly right, and you will get the lowest payment possible on that lease. Congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate all you do. Congratulations, right, Josh. Please call again. Thank <laughs> you right, so much. Educated consumer. Huh.
fabulous, a great tool. Give us a call toll-free at 877-960-9960. And uh, back to the recovering car dealer. We got some more texts here, don't we, Stu? We got some texts piling up. Get right to them. Uh, First one is from Steve in New Jersey. That's our second question from New Jersey. Uh, Do you know of anything Toyota is doing to help mitigate whiplash injuries caused by rear-end collisions? The largest number of accident injuries are whiplash injuries, which seems somewhat ignored when compared to front-end accident injuries. Rick, this is right up your alley. Well, one of the first things they're doing is such things as active headrests. Yeah. Um, in a rear-end collision, the headrest actually is designed to be pressed forwards to try to catch your head. But one of the main things is education in that people need to learn how to put their seats properly. And the headrest... Ho- hold on a second, Rick. Earl should be paying attention to this. Okay, well, I was just Because Earl is, um, <coughs> he drives completely reclined. Ah, oh. <laughs> now, see, your seat should not be laid all the way back. Is that right? And I'll your headrest should also be up I have a periscope just so behind I can see the back the of your head. I knew you had something. Exactly. You know what he uh, thinks he is? Wait a minute. If he's he lying down, wouldn't the force on his head like... He's, in, <laughs> he's jet fighter style. <laughs> yeah. If he's yeah. lying down. He thinks he's a rapper. That's his seat is in a position <laughs> right. of wrapping. Exactly. He's, he's a rapper. Right. He's, got his, he's got his ball cap on. It's twisted to the side. That's Dark right. sunglasses. Okay. Unfortunately, as, as far back as his seat lays, I think we beat that to death. <laughs> well, but well, seriously, longer. how how should you sit? Should yeah. you be like uh, you should you should be somewhat upright? <laughs> yeah. But the most important the most important part is actually the position of the headrest itself. That should be up directly behind the back of your head, and just about touching your head, so that if you were in a collision from behind, your head would then hit the headrest and not be allowed to actually snap backwards. Yeah which is what causes those neck injuries, is that violent backwards and forwards motion of the head. And under no circumstances should people remove their headrests. No. Older cars have that, right? Just basically like it's like riding on a couch. Just about any car you can remove the headrest yeah. now, Yeah. but it should not be removed. It should be in place and should be placed, as I say, right behind the back of your head. All if right. it's down at the back of your neck and you're in that collision, your head actually folds backwards over the headrest, and that actually makes a worse injury. There you go. Well, I'll make sure your seat is adjusted properly, sir, next time we get in the car. Uh, this is another one for Rick, I think. Uh, this is from Bob, and he wants to know, is there a fix to a stripped oil pan screw besides a new oil pan? Uh, technically, there is. There is what's known Gorilla as... Glue. <laughs> well, it's actually what we would recommend as a one-time only, this will get you by until you can afford to replace that oil pan. It's called a threaded insert, and, or a, a uh, oh, what are these, what's the other name for it? There's a, there's a brand name for it, it's uh, like a, it's like a easy tape. coil. Uh, basically what we do is we drill out the oil pan, Cut new threads in it, just a little bit oversized, and put a special insert in there that makes the threads a little bit smaller size so it will fit your original drain plug. Um, I only recommend those as a one-time only repair, and you should then begin saving and get a new oil pan. Simply for the idea that if something were to happen and a drain plug fell out, you're going to immediately lose oil. And if you're on the highway, you're doing 75, 80 miles an hour, 
which is, of course, where it's going to happen when it's vibrating around, that's when you would suddenly have no oil pressure and within a few minutes, no engine. What's the most common way that that pant that gets stripped? Usually from being over torqued when there when a service is being done. Uh, like at our dealership, we we actually had an issue with this for a yeah. while, and so we made sure every technician in the shop uses a special torque wrench right. on those drain plugs, and that won't let them get it too tight. Then right, it it stops the torque. You don't can't tighten it too high, and that has actually prevented us doing a lot of damage to cars. That's a good question, I think, to ask when you go to a service department if they are using that tool. Absolutely. Otherwise, you're risking yeah. a, a ex- well a re- expensive repair for the dealership because they're yeah. going to be on the hook for it. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yep. great, great answer, Rick. Uh, great, great topic. Who was that, Bob? That was Bob. Bob. Bob yeah, on a because text. I, I've talked to someone who has had that happen, Probably and they didn't u- they didn't <laughs> use the you know the the proper wrench, and there's some pretty significant damage that can happen. Yeah. Okay, the next one's from Anne-Marie, and she just texted in because we were talking about Costco memberships last week, and she just wanted to remind everybody that the minimum fee for a basic Gold Star Costco membership is $60, and that's for a year, and the um, executive me- membership is now $120. Mm-hmm. And I'm not sure what that gets you, maybe the credit card, yeah. hot dogs for life. I tell you, 60 bucks uh, is the best investment. Oh, yeah. once, once a year, you pay 60 bucks. Oh, yeah, you'll come out way ahead. Uh, you'll, you'll save $6,000 a year. If you're a Costco member, 60 bucks is a bargain. That's right. Thanks for being part of the show, Annie Marie. Yeah, I love Annie Marie. Yeah. Okay, the next one is uh, just a comment. Uh, it says, one solution does not fit every senior. I am single with no wife, no children, nobody to haul around, so I drive a new Hyundai. That's all I need. Not the case for my brother who loves Chevy Tahoes. I lived on fixed income. My brother does not. He works. He spends 55000 I spend 15000 There you go. Well, so you pay for the bells and whistles. You pay for the prestige. Uh, I mean, let's face it. Admit it. If you're driving a uh, luxury car, uh, you're you're paying for the extra. So mm-hmm. transportation, a lot of people, that's what it's all about, getting from here to there mm-hmm. and comfortably. Mm-hmm. And a Hyundai will get you from A to B comfortably and fuel efficiently, I might add. Yeah, that's absolutely. True. absolutely. It's not exactly, you know, what that car looks like in the driveway. It's what you can afford. Exactly. It is not one size fits all. That's very true. Okay, we have one from Karen, and Karen says, I have a lease car, and soon I will either turn it in or perhaps buy it. The price for me for purchasing the car is $17,800. Is this a set price, or will the dealership allow me to negotiate a lower price? Great question. The dealership uh, has no say-so in it. It is up to the leasing company, which is uh, typically a captive leasing company by the manufacturer uh, for that dealer. And uh, they have to, by law, they have to take the car to auction to sell it. And uh, they can't sell you the car unless you exercise your option to purchase. They can't sell it to you at a different price. Uh, they will probably sell it to you at the option price if they think when they take it to the auction, they're not going to get what they can get at the residual value, which is your option to buy price. But it's something you should check. All you leasing folks out there, look at your residual value. And as you approach the end of your lease, you might want to do some checking to find the wholesale market value of that car. If the wholesale market value of your lease car is actually lower than the residual value, then you don't want to exercise your option. If it's higher, then you might want to exercise the option, either keep the car 
or we call flip it, sell it back to the dealer. It's a wholesale, which is the market value uh, being higher. You can make a thousand dollars, but this is rare. Usually, the residual value is not a bargain price. All right, we're all caught up. Oh, great! Hey, uh, ladies and gentlemen, you're a very important part of the show, so give us a call. We, um, we we really love hearing from you. And don't forget, you can go to youranonymousfeedback.com. Voice your opinion. Give us a call toll-free at 877-960-9960. And we're going to go to a regular caller that we love, and that's John from Palm City. Good morning, John. Good morning to everyone. On this uh, Holy Day weekend, uh, I'm very positive for a change. People accuse me, John, you're so negative. <laughs> but I'm positive on the order world. And I'll tell you the reasons why. The first major thing is this seminar that's coming on Thursday. That's the beginning to me of a beginning of a uh, attorney general looking further into abuses of the automobile dealerships, uh, especially seniors, poorer people, and minorities. I just feel very positive that this is the beginning of somebody that's concerned with seniors' abuses. So... I think that's a great sign. The second thing is, I think that uh, dealer owners that listen to this show are examining, even if it's only one or two, what Earl said in the past about doing away with dealer fees and the success that he had with it. So uh, I just feel positive on that, even if only one or two uh, enforces that and find out the benefits that I think it'll spread further. And the third thing I want to say is, I read that in the paper that there's a excess because the manufacturers uh, concentrated on SUVs, and there's an excess of SUVs in certain dealerships. I don't know if that goes for South Florida, but the proof is my friend in the New York area has been shopping for a Honda SUV. And he finds he you know no at least three dealerships to go to as their old advisors. He finds that not only that they have plenty of them, but they even have great color choices on them. So does Earl say that that's true nationwide? That the manufacturers did produce extra SUVs because of demand, and it's probably a good time to buy with this so-called excess in dealer stocks. I think it's it's true. I mean, the manufacturers typically lag a little bit behind supply and demand. Stu raised his hand, meaning we probably have a whole lot of SUVs inventory. It's just a matter. The other thing is, remember this, folks, the trucks and the SUVs are far more profitable to the car dealers than the cars. I mean, to the, uh, well, the car dealers, but the manufacturers. Uh, a truck, a big, like a Chevrolet Silverado, uh uh, General Motors will make a profit. General Motors will make a profit of like ten thousand dollars when they sell it to the dealer. Now the dealer can make another ten thousand when he sells it to you. That's a huge profit margin on a vehicle. Cars are almost break even in many cases, yeah. and sometimes they're losers. Stu, yeah, a good indicator of slowing sales is when you start to see manufacturers start to put more incentives on a vehicle. And historically, I'm just speaking for Toyota because that's all I know. Uh, but we usually don't see a whole lot of incentives on the SUVs, and we see them on almost all of them now. Yeah. RAV4s have them, Highlanders, uh, Tacomas, and Tundras have. Well, Tundras usually had a bunch, but uh, and that's kind of a new thing. So that could be an indication of what you're talking about. John, you're spot on. That's a, a yeah. good observation. I appreciate that. It's all starting with the good news on this Thursday 
with this seminar. I think it's the greatest thing, and um, it's good that the new attorney general has an interest. Yeah, Ashley in Moody. Let's, uh, let's give Ashley a shout-out. Ashley Moody, the new attorney general. Uh, Pam Bondi, uh, the ex-attorney general, no longer there. But Ashley Moody, apparently, and from what Nancy read in the show earlier, uh, Ashley Moody, the attorney general, is going out very seriously to defend the seniors of Florida. Absolutely. I mean, it's a smart political move, yeah, too. Yeah. I never understood why Pam Bondi didn't get it, because if you can get the seniors, if you can get the folks that are over 60 years of age behind you in the state of Florida, you're going to get elected, reelected, and reelected. That They want to hear someone that's going to stick up for them. Yeah, this and, new... Oh, I'm sorry, uh, John, I'm really happy that, you, that, you, um, that you're plugging the event on... Um, with your call, it's really important for people to go and spread the word because uh, even if you're not looking to get a car or something like that, just the a big crowd, a big uh, big attendance, read my mind. will yeah. send a will send a message. It'll send a message, especially to the attorney general's office, that the seniors versus crime effort is a serious thing, and people are interested in it. And the more people that show up, the more seriously it's taken, the more likely that change is going to be uh, you know be affected by all this. So thanks for plugging it and spread the word. Tell your friends. I mean, just go in there just to, just for a big crowd. Yeah, just to, so we send a message to yeah, the exactly. politicians and everybody. Yeah. Yeah. And you well, know what? I'll be there myself. I'm already pre-registered. Oh, Fantastic. thank you. Thanks, thank you John. so much, John. You know, this new administration has uh, you know, got some exciting things going on. It is going to be a great benefit to us. And uh, this here, a, a new uh, uh, mission that they're on for the uh, Florida New Senior Protection. This team they put together is amazing. And uh, I'll... Uh, Thank you again, John, for mentioning this event on Thursday, April the 25th at 2 o'clock. Exit 53. We'll see you all on Thursday. Thanks, Thank John. Thank you, John. 877. Go ahead. 877-960-9960. You can give us a call, and I'm still waiting to hear from the ladies. First two new lady callers. You can win yourself $50. Give us a call, 877-960-9960. We're going to go to our next caller, and uh, she, too, is from Palm City. Her name is Linda. Good morning, Linda. Good morning, Nancy and everyone else. How are you all today? Great. Great. Well, it's been a while since I called, and um, I think that Earl might remember um, many years ago when I talked to him. Um, not many years, but um, my dad bought a 1999 Trans Am uh, from the dealership when it was down on Dixie oh, in West wow. Palm. Oh. And um, anyway, um, it was um, uh, the with the WS6 option on it, so it had a LS1 motor in it. And this past week, uh, it bit the dust. Um, a valve spring broke and. Now there's some other noise coming out of the engine compartment. So I'm faced with having to make that decision of do I buy, do I lease? And I need some guidance because um, I'm a single woman and um, dad's not here to give me a little bit of guidance. So, uh, well, Linda, I, you know, you I could help me out. One of the uh, one on my agenda, speaking to the uh, group Seniors versus Crime this coming Thursday, uh, we are talking about that now. One on my agenda is an item that says, "Rule of thumb: buy the car rather than lease it." Now, that isn't to say 
that you can't get a good price on a lease. We just talked to a gentleman from New Jersey earlier who was really doing his homework. He's a very savvy guy. He's shopping and comparing. He is getting a very good price on the car that he's leasing. I recommend uh, in general that you, you buy rather than lease for two reasons. You can get just as good a price or deal on a purchase as a lease, and there are far fewer areas that you can be taken advantage of. It's not as complicated. When you lease a car, there's probably three times as many uh, hidden pitfalls that can sneak up and bite you. With a purchase, is fairly straightforward and simple. So, Linda, uh, I just recommend that you, you shop that car uh, with three different car dealerships of the same make, the exact same car, apples and apples comparison, same MSRP, and by letting them know that you're going to buy from the dealer that gives you the lowest out-the-door price, and I repeat, out-the-door, including whatever they want to add on there, like dealer fees, be sure that's the price you can sign the check for, prices from three different dealers, that will give you a very good price. You have to do the same thing if you have a trade-in to get the best price when you trade-in separately from the purchase of the car. And, of course, your financing is important, too, if you're going to finance. But uh, I'd stay away from leasing is my recommendation and go with a purchase. Okay. And I'm probably going to have to go with a used car, I think. I don't think I'm going to be able to go with a brand-new car. Um, mm-hmm. So, um Okay, well, that really is a big help, and I sure do appreciate it. And, you know, um, thanks for the, your time. Linda, let me say one more thing. If you're going to buy a used car, uh, Auto Trader is a good place to find uh, a large selection, and by putting your zip code in, you'll be able to locate the car of your choice in that area. If you can afford a later model certified car, that's the way to go. A uh, certified car that is hopefully maybe even got a little factory warranty remaining on it. Uh, uh, try to try to do that. A used car, you've got to also be sure you get a Carfax report. Carfax report, very important. It should be offered to you free uh, by the dealer. That will tell you if the car has been involved in any accidents. It'll tell you if there are any safety recalls outstanding. And the Carfax report also will have a list of the mechanical history of the car, uh, most likely. And then finally... The funny thing, and probably the most important thing if you're buying a used car, is to take it to your mechanic, not the mechanic of the dealership you buy it from. Take it to an independent third-party mechanic. You might have to pay him 100 bucks or even $150. it will be a good investment if you do that to be sure the car hasn't been in a flood, hasn't been in an accident. There's some things Carfax reports miss. If you do that, the used cars are better buy than the new car if you go through that exercise. Well, I think I might take a drive down to Earl Stewart Toyota and see what you have on your used car lot. Oh, thank you so much, Linda. You know, with all these tools that we just mentioned, uh, you you will really protect yourself. And uh, knowledge is power, as I always say, and uh, shop online before you visit a dealership. There's uh, so many rules of thumb, and I thank you for the phone call. And I'd also like to add all Thank those rules you. of thumb apply at Earl Stewart Toyota, too. So don't just listen to the advice and yeah. it applies. You still got to check the car facts. You still got to compare everything. I mean, we're good people, but you got to gotta watch out for number one. Yeah, there's <laughs> two. There's pitfalls out there for dealers that are just bad guys that want to take advantage of you. Yep. There's also pitfalls by dealers like us that sometimes make mistakes. So there's no car dealer out there anywhere that doesn't make mistakes. So if you're a good, sophisticated shopper, you can keep them 
smart and honest. Yeah, and, so. and that used car, uh, it's worth its weight in gold. It's the best way to go, Israel said. Okay, I think we have some text here, don't we, Stu? Yes, we do. Let's see here. The first one is, uh, this is going to be for Rick. It could be me, but I don't know the answer. <laughs> this is from Wayne. He says, can the economy sport mode be set to sport on startup on his 2017 RAV4? In other words, there is a driving mode called sport. You usually have to push a button once you get in the car, correct? Uh, I'm pretty certain with that you have to push it each time. Uh, every, so there's no way to have that the default setting? I don't think there is. That I would have to dig through the books to find out. But I think that's one where you have to activate it into sport mode. Okay. Yeah. All right. So the next one is from Anne-Marie, who her second text of the day. Well, I'll confess something. Her first text came in a couple of days ago uh -huh. uh, when we checked this on the air. <laughs> so Anne-Marie says, good morning. I tend to get a new car every 10 to 15 years. Consequently, I'm not up on the latest automotive features. I understand the new cars are basically computers on wheels. If you have a new car, is it still safe to use jumper cables um, if the battery runs down, or would you risk killing all the computers? Thanks. And she says, P.S., thanks for the kind world words. Like John, I'm also registered for Thursday's talk on the 25th, and oh. she's looking forward to it. So we get to get to meet Anne-Marie. Oh, thank Excellent. you. So, uh, so what's the deal, Rick? Jumper cables are completely safe to use. However, you have to, for any car, be very, very careful. Do not accidentally cross the wires. Yes. In other words, do not hook up red to the negative and black to the positive. If you're having someone else help you, they're going to hook up to one, you're going to hook up to the other battery. Treat it gentle and say... This color to the positive terminal, this one to the negative, and make sure that they do it the same way. Because if you do what's called cross-jumping, the main thing it will do, the first thing, is it will blow out several diffusible links what if you're that are very expensive. Uh, that's why cables are usually one very dark color and one light color. Okay. They, they makes think, it very think, easy to see that way. Which one? Okay, so the red and the green, right? Red and green. And black. Well, usually red and black. Red and black. Okay, so the black is the one. Negative. But they might be here. orange and black. They might be yellow yeah. and black. The black's usually negative, right? Right. Okay. Usually, the darkest black color, the darkest color, goes to the negative cable, and just make sure yeah. that you're getting it hooked up straight, because that can be a very expensive prospect. Mm. And yes, it can potentially blow computers out if you accidentally cross jump it. Okay. As long as you do it straight, you'll be fine. Uh, I got a follow-up question though. Um, hybrids now aren't those a little bit, a little bit more challenging to figure out? Like, is the battery sometimes in a different place? That is a fact that a, a lot of the hybrids, the battery may be back in the back of the car in the trunk, or under the hatchback, such as in the Prius. Gotcha. Okay, uh, one actually came from Alan Napier, our uh, collision expert and auto mm. insurance expert, and he just had a comment when, when we were talking about SUV sales. He says when gas prices go up. SUV sales go down, and that is true. And yep. it's pretty pretty crazy how quickly that happens. Yeah. You'll start reading headlines with the $3 plus gas, and suddenly all the hybrids start uh, going off the shelves. Yeah, I mean, who knows? I mean, if we have a crisis in the Middle East, if uh, if uh, if Venezuela disappears, uh, yeah. if uh, we, and we're so over $3 things. now. So. Yeah, I, I just, uh, it, it is amazing. And, and uh, I think that 
it's kind of a little crazy right now, the mixture we have of trucks, vans, and SUVs. Is, I, that's a, I'm, I have a personal pet peeve for that because I like cars. I like the way cars perform. I drive a car as opposed to an SUV, and I can't see anything because I look around me on all sides. There are these big, high things, yep. and I'm, I'm, I'm flying blind now. Don't like that. I wish more people drove cars. Yes. My personal pet peeve. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, I, used to, I used to wonder, like, what was the psychology of somebody at the gas pump? They saw how expensive the gas was. That does it. I'm going over there to buy a, a you know economy car. But I think if there's a bunch of people ready to buy a car and you, you just see that uh, you get sticker shock and you say, oh. my next one's going to be a hybrid. Exactly. Well, folks, I won't even apologize. I'm a pickup man. I like my Tacoma pickup. <laughs> there you go. Get electric one in the future. Okay, uh, here we got a question here from Phil in store. Uh, should I wait for the low tire pressure symbol on my dash to fill my tires, or am I causing increased wear before then? Great question. Yeah. Increased you wear are before then. Great Absolutely question. Absolutely causing increased wear. Yes. How often you should, should you check? Check it? your tire pressures at least minimum once a month. I recommend two or three times a month. Once a week is best. Yeah, absolutely. All right, and that brings us up. We're, uh, we're all that's caught not, up with text. That's, yeah. that's, that's, uh, I'm a little overkill, yeah, but I... A, I yeah, that's utopian. Uh, nobody I does. take very good yeah. care of my vehicles. Excess yeah. wear and tear on the tires. Yeah. And uh, Alan, uh, Alan's asked us to mention the Easter egg hunt over at Kelsey Park. Oh. And that's going to take place today. And uh, it's from 10 until 12 o'clock. Over at Kelsey Park. That's in Lake Park. Mm-hmm. Yep. It yes. is definitely that's in, in Lake, Lake Park. Park. And that's all, all our good friends in Lake Park. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. We wish them a happy Easter egg hunt. Exactly. Yeah. It's it's gonna gonna, there's going to be a special appearance by Easter Bunny. Really? So there you go. It's, is it going to be Alan in a costume? Uh, I think it is. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so that's right on US 1 where uh, Park Avenue uh, uh, intersects Right at the corner US of US 1 and, and Park Avenue. Park Avenue. That's right. Okay. Uh, we're going to go to Ollie. He's been holding, and uh, he's calling from Boca. A cat is on the phone? Uh, yeah. A cat has, has called the show. <laughs> That's you, impossible. You don't have cats. You don't know cats. Yes, cats will be everywhere. We, we grew up with Did cats. You hear that? Yep. Did you hear the special yeah, sound Yeah, I heard your Ollie over there. <laughs> Come on, Ollie. Uh, I know it's Doug. Okay, Come Ollie, on, Ollie Doug. what do you have to say I'm for yourself? <laughs> Good morning. Good morning. morning. That's it? <laughs> No, no. Ollie is a se- he's a senior citizen. And he's being discriminated a lot. He's oh, twenty no. years old, which is very old. He needs to be out there old. next Thursday. Yeah. Now is he going to have time to come to the event on Thursday? Yeah, where is that? I'm going to bring him. Well, I'm glad you asked. <laughs> oh, it's in West Palm Beach. There's an opening. It's an exit 53 West. Off of I-95, that's Palm Beach Lakes Boulevard, 900 Brandywine Road. And the United Methodist Church has offered us, actually we rented it for 500 bucks. Uh, we rented the the uh, meeting hall at the United Methodist yeah, Church. Like they call it the gathering place. Gathering place. Yeah. So you, whether you come north or south, you take I-95 to exit 53, which is Palm Beach Lakes Boulevard, west. And it's 900 Brandywine Road, 2 o'clock on Friday. Love to have Ollie and all his kitty cat senior friends uh, there as well as humans. And everything's Dogs free, too. Doug. It's, we it's could, free. We can stream it and have all his cat friends watch it. There you <laughs> go. Yeah. And Earl's going to be uh, give, giving each one of the guests uh, a copy of Confessions of a Recovering Car Dealer. First 500 uh, attending. So sign up. And uh, you can call 844-3461, and uh, 
leave a re- 561-844-3461, and you can reserve a seat, and the first 500 get a free copy of Confessions of a Recovering Car Dealer. The Attorney General is uh, partnered up with us, and uh, it's going to be an amazing event. You don't want to miss it. Okay, and uh, I have a... I have a complaint about, well, first of all, gas prices. Mm. I use premium, and premium has gone up to $3.42 mm. a gallon. Yikes. <laughs> That's really expensive, and I don't know why gas prices are rising. So D- does your car call for a premium, or do you just yes, prefer it to does use it? Okay. Yeah, it's a Civic Si. So when I, That's what I was going to ask you. Can I use a lower octane on that car? Doug, uh, I'll answer for Rick. Uh, I know he's dying to answer this, uh, but I'm going to answer for him. Uh, you can experiment. He's uh, staring at you. Uh, right you know, they, if they say recommended, you positively can't use lower octane. If they say required, you're supposed to use that octane. But I say to heck with that, whether it's required or recommended. I would still try one notch below, and if you don't hear any pings or or noises, if the car doesn't appear to have any problem, just keep on using it. You're not going to hurt the car. Okay, cool. And let us know. try the medium medium grade. Yeah, try the medium and see what happens. And uh, you're not going to blow the engine, so if it it sounds like it's going pop, pop, ping, ping, then you want to go move it back up to the premium again. But uh, you're not going to void your warranty or anything like that. Odds are one more thing, I, I button starter. I mean, every car I've seen has gone to that, and and I think I don't I don't like it. I'd, I'd rather just have my choice at least to have a key or you know. But the push button to me could be a hazard in the future. But mm-hmm. that's just my opinion. Well, I think uh, takes some getting used to. That's yeah. that's for sure. A lot of people agree with you. Uh, and I really appreciate the, the plug for the for the meeting, and I, we're looking forward to seeing you and Ollie at the meeting on, okay. on Thursday. Thanks Have so a much, great Doug. Day, guys. Thank, Thank you. By the word, bring some extra okay. cats. Okay, we're going to go to Julio, and uh, he's calling from Miami. Good morning. Welcome to the show. Hello. Hi, Julio. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm I'm on now. Okay. Um, nice to talk to you guys. Oh, uh, thank you. I have a question for you. Um, well, Rick, uh, Rick, I think you make a mistake when you say how to hook up a battery to, uh, you know, to start a car. Because in Cuba, uh, I was a tech. I was a tech in Cuba, so uh, I was told. Did we lose you, Julio? You, you faded out there. You said you were a tech in Cuba. And you said you thought uh, uh, Rick had made an error in terms of. Uh, I think we're trying. I think we disconnected, and we're trying to get Julio back on the line. Uh, are, are the color codes universal? I mean, all over the the world, would there be a different? Uh, it, it's it's not really the color because jumper cables they they will make them in any color combination. I I've seen green and white. I've seen outrageous color combinations. It's more the communication. But I believe the point that Julio is probably going to make is that you're generally recommended to go to the positive negative terminal on one battery, then to the positive terminal, and then to a ground source like the engine block or some other ground source on the car on the second car. 
And the main reason for that is because when you hook up that that last connection, quite often there will be a little bit of spark. And it's usually not a good idea to have sparks around a battery because batteries produce hydrogen gas naturally. And a spark and hydrogen gas is a very bad combination. So there is a potential for a small spark and a fire. Okay, so let me understand so that. So that may so be what he's bringing so out. So you're saying you positive and negative... Uh, on on one car and and then positive or negative to ground on the other car. Well, the the positive cable you would hook to the positive, positive. terminal of the battery. Yeah. yeah. And then the other cable you would go like to a good ground source on on one of the cars. On the other car, on right? Other that car. would be the last connection you would make yeah, yeah. because that final connection is where you might get a little bit of spark. I got you. Okay, did we get Julio back, or do um, we have another call? I, I, I think well, we well, might have um, lost Julio. Uh, Julio, uh, if you're listening, give us a call back. Uh, we're going to be talking to Cy. I believe that's Howard's friend, and uh, Cy's calling from Jupiter. Good morning, Cy. Good morning. Good morning. I, I'm calling to thank Earl and specifically Rick for helping me. I called last week trying to increase the volume on the clicker when yeah. you open yeah. the door. And Rick was able to do that for me, and I really wanted to tell you, you guys go above and beyond uh, any dealer that I've ever dealt with, and I'm very happy to have purchased the car, you know, at Earl Stewart. I, I did have, in addition to thanking you, I had one other question. Um, I've just noticed, this is a four-month-old Toyota XLE 2019, that there are a couple of lines developing in the windshield and it doesn't appear that there are scratches from the outside because when I feel the windshield, there's no scratch. And when it's not on the inside, and I'm just wondering what that might be. Rick, what do you think? Um, it's hard to say without seeing them. Uh, what you might try, and this sounds a little silly, but try a little bit of just a good cleaner wax, like a Carnuba wax, mm-hmm. and just... Try polish that in a small area and see if that makes those lines go away. Okay. If it's a defective right. windshield, then you should be able to get that replaced. Oh, absolutely. And uh, uh, you could just have uh, uh, us look at it or another dealer, and uh, we can we can make a judgment pretty quickly on that. Mm-hmm. Uh, is it impairing your uh, visibility in any way? Is it so? Is it so slight that it doesn't bother your driving, or does it actually impair your your vision? No, it's on the it's on the passenger side, but I'm concerned okay. that if it it is a defect, that yeah. it may you know spread. So I will do what you suggested, and then if it doesn't take care of it, maybe I'll bring it in and ask for Rick. Would that be okay? Sure, sure. Okay, uh, all right. Then hopefully I can take care of it. If not, you know, early next week I'll just come in. Can I can I just call you, Rick, and as you did. To help me the other time, you could just come out and look at it, and then we can make an appointment if it's something that needs to be followed up on. Of course. Great. Okay. Thank you, Sai. Thank you. Thank you very Thank much. Sai, I'd, like I'd like to extend a personal invitation to you and Howard. Uh, hopefully you'll be at the Senior versus Crime this coming Thursday, April the 25th at 2 o'clock. You know all about it? Oh, no, no. But Howard says he's going, so I will be there with him. Okay. And you br- will? Thank br- you very br- much. Bring we'll all your you buddies. There. Bring all your buddies. Thank you, Sai. Thank bring- you so much. Bring the Thanks gang. A lot. Thank you. Okay. 
Oh, uh, you know, real quick, uh, Rick, back to what you were talking about about those jumper cables. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have to have both cars turned off. Is that correct? Uh, you want them both off, and then the car that is has the good battery have that engine running before you try to start the other one. Okay. Okay, we cleared that up. 877-960-9960. We'd love to hear from you. Ladies, first two new lady callers, you win yourself $50. And uh, we have uh, a whole lot to get to. Yeah, Rick's got a couple texts. We have one from Ernesto Ortega, who's been waiting just a little bit here from YouTube. Uh, He's asking on his 2009 Kia Optima, when changing the transmission fluid, does it need a filter and gasket to be replaced? And the answer to that, Ernesto, is yes, there is a a filter inside underneath the pan. So you'll want to make sure that the gasket and that filter get changed out when you change that fluid on your Kia. Very good. Uh, It's a very, very good maintenance thing to make sure you get that done. And also from Guy Larrabee, he says, over the last 30 years, I've driven close to a million trouble-free miles on four forerunners, the last one being a V8. And he wants to know, why did they stop producing the V8 in the forerunners? Stu, any guess on that one? I think the answer is just uh, more efficient six-cylinders and four-cylinders and the horsepower uh, they're getting out of a certain number size engine. Just the pressure also on getting the overall, the the whole fleet um, MPGs down. There's cafe requirements. Yeah, Yeah. I mean, V8s are a thing of the past, and that's just the way it is. There are a few left. I drive one. Yeah, yeah, the Land Cruiser uh, and a Lexus, (laughs) big Lexus. Sequoia. Yeah. Yeah. Tundra, Sequoia. Yeah. 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 All right. You caught up with your text? And we that, got was, that was the ones we had here right, for I YouTube. Got, I got some over here. I got one that's a little funny, but it's a, a serious comment. It says, you wrong, Colonel Sanders. For the four, I guess this is about the call from Doug. It says, for the 40 cents per gallon difference on probably a 12-gallon tank, I think he's talking about going down to the, uh, the grade of gasoline lower mm-hmm. than premium. So for the 40 cents per gallon difference on probably a 12-gallon tank, because he drives a Civic, he said, um, I'd keep using the premium. I wouldn't risk a warranty rejection for $4.80 a tank, in my humble opinion, of course. Figure he's burning less than 20 tanks a year. His annual savings are less than 100 So, valid point. Well, he makes a good point. I will say this. Again, I will relate to my experience of 50-plus years as a dealer. I've never known uh, any of the manufacturers. I've been dealers for a lot of manufacturers ever reject a warranty because of the type of gasoline that the person used. And uh, if they ask you, uh, you know, how are they supposed to know anyway? Rick? 25 years as a mechanic dealing with Toyota warranty and fixing cars over, you know, thousands of cars. Yeah. I have never yet had Toyota tell me, oh, we're you know, the, this warranty is void on this car because of the fuel the customer was using. The only time that we've had anything similar is the customer complains about a drivability issue and we are asked to check with them to make sure if they're having an issue, are they using the proper rating of drivability, fuel. Drivability, yeah. And also in that Honda, just like in any other car, if you use the lower grade of fuel, you're not going to hear much of a knock or a ping anyways from that pre-ignition because the spark, the knock sensors in the car will automatically de- <clears throat> excuse me, detect it and retard the timing on the car. Rick is moving into his high-tech mode now. 
I'm sorry, I was drooling. And <laughs> well, the, the the fact of the matter is, no, we understand. You'll, yeah. you'll never even hear yeah. it. Yeah, exactly. It just you won't. You may yeah. not feel the 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 yeah. sports car portion of yeah. the car quite yeah. as much. Yeah, the quantum theory is. But you're still you're still good. Yes. your car's going to drive along just fine on that lower grade of fuel. Yes, I will admit that it is an intimidating thing when you see when you see that because yes. it's definitely like a there's an anxiety factor there when you're like, am I going to screw well, my think, car up? Think, think about yeah. think about this. If you're a manufacturer. Uh, you want fewer complaints on your cars. Yeah. Uh, you don't want to bringing them in and asking for uh, warranty work. You want the cars to run well. To be, you probably have a better chance of a car running well, even though it's a slightly better chance by using the high test. Mm-hmm. The manufacturer doesn't have to buy your gas. You have to buy your gas. So if you're on a budget and you have to pay a lot more for gas than you feel like you can afford go ahead and test the lower octane. The manufacturer is going to tell you to use the higher octane. Tell them to go jump in a lake. Use the lower octane. Jump in the lake. We have a couple of texts coming okay. in on the stew side. <laughs> Looks like one is in direct response to what you said, so I'm going to start to that. He says, what is your motivation uh, for advising um, the lower octane? Is it so you can get them in your service department and recommend a, a, a fuel line flush? Caught me. <laughs> oh, that was the evil dealer in me coming out. Zach. Wow, this is. Oh. Well, that's. I can. Let me just, just speak on my dad. That, that's not why he's doing that. He's really just trying to be reasonable. Um, but this is another. Per- wow, this is. Everything's lining up. So the next one that came in. Well, it was. Whatever. You call yourself the recovering car dealer. <laughs> that implies that there is still some bad in you. What do you have to do to become fully recovered? That's from Anonymous. Well, you, you never fully recover. Uh, there's a Japanese expression called Kaizen. Uh, Stu's eyes roll back in the oh, head no, every no. time I say Kaizen. My name might Because Kaizen. no matter how good you are, you can be better. And none of us is perfect. And I, yeah, I've got a lot of recovering to do. I started out years ago by uh, stopping some bait-and-switch practices and, and, and things like that. I had a dealer fee 14 years ago. And uh, and I only went to I only started stopped the haggle hassle process seven years ago seven years ago. So there's always things we can do to get better and better, and that's what we all strive to do. But yeah. I'm de- I, I definitely got a little bit evil in me. Yeah. Just oh. ask Nancy. Yes, most definitely. Yeah. And you know, uh, to the text, uh, what's the gentleman or lady's uh, name? It was anonymous. Anonymous. Yeah. Okay, to your text, uh, we do have a special padded room, and periodically. <laughs> I put Earl in there, and I slap him around. It takes place for about 15 to 20 minutes every morning. And then he comes around, and he is the recovering Mm -hmm. car dealer. Recovering. Yeah, for you folks out there that are recovering uh, various... that's the yeah. that's the whole idea. Recovering. Plus, that rolls off the tongue better. Recovering versus I'm the recovered car dealer. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. Sometimes you yeah. need help. Yeah. Okay, are we caught up on all our text? On both sides? Yep. I had a little thing I wanted to talk about, and uh, it's something that's kind of a pet peeve of me as a car dealer, and uh, some of the manufacturers out there, including Toyota and Honda, uh, have a policy that requires that you not advertise cars below the dealer invoice. Now, on the surface, that sounds reasonable for people that don't understand the way cars are priced. But if you understand the way cars are priced, it's a bad thing. In the invoice, built within the invoice, there is a large profit. Invoices on everything else are the cost of the uh, person that's selling the, 
the uh, refrigerator. The invoice on a on a refrigerator, GE refrigerator, is what the GE dealer paid General Electric to buy that refrigerator. The invoice on a car is not what the dealer paid the manufacturer. It, there's a built-in thousands of dollars of profit there's on some, most invoices. There's some kickbacks there. And there's a lot, of, and they come from kickbacks, holdbacks, uh, all sorts of uh, shenanigans that go on between the manufacturer and the car dealer. So I, uh, I used to explain this all the time until a few years ago when suddenly the manufacturers came up with this idea. Honda was the first, making it illegal, and that's the wrong word, but Honda requires their dealers to advertise all their cars above invoice. Then pretty soon... A bunch of other manufacturers, including Toyota, Mazda, I believe. I'm not sure of all the dealers, all the manufacturers that do this. But I don't like that. Uh, because when you show me an invoice on uh, uh, anything, if I'm buying a lawnmower, if I'm buying an iPhone, and you show me the Apple invoice at the Apple store, I'm going to think that that's what the, the iPhone costs. If you show me the invoice on a car, and I wasn't a car dealer, didn't understand what really goes on, I might believe that's what the dealer paid for the car. If the dealer told me, I'm going to sell you this car for $500 over invoice, I might say, that's a heck of a good deal. But what I would find out, maybe never find out, that he made not $500 on the car, but $4,500, because there were $4,000 packed into the car invoice. So... When you tell car dealers that they cannot advertise the price, most of the cars that car dealers sell are sold below their invoice. Competition, just good old fancy competition, keeps the price below invoice. But you can't advertise the price nope. below invoice. And I think that's a shame. I think that's a terrible thing, and I should be stopped. I agree. Uh, we're going to go to North Carolina. Good morning, Rod. Good morning. Welcome. Oh, crash dummies! Crash dummies up here in North Carolina. <laughs> Hi, doll, and very happy Easter to you. Happy Easter. Happy Easter. What well, can we I do for you? I just wanted to call and just say a quick hi. And uh, a little cool up here. It's nice, like Is 60 it? yesterday, but uh, like 34 this morning. So it's well, cold here too. All right. Well, appreciate it. What, what part of North Carolina? And, uh, what part of North Carolina are you in? Right up there in the mountains there, uh, what they call uh, Fines Creek. Oh, fantastic. Well, enjoy that cool weather. Yeah, Thanks actual. for the call. And uh, call us anytime. Yeah, we'd love to hear, hear love from you. If you have any problems with your car or any suggestions or comments on the show, we'd love to have you call back. All right. Thanks and uh, best best to all. Thanks, best Rod. To you. Thank Take you. care, Rod. Thanks, Bye -bye. Rod. Thanks for staying in touch. Enjoy that beautiful weather in the mountains of North Carolina. I love Asheville. Oh, Earl and I beautiful? spent some, your dad and I spent some time in Asheville. We had a great time. What a beautiful place. You got to drive up this fall and check out the changing leaves. Oh, how when nice. When was the last time you did that? Oh, gosh. It's been a long time. We were both kids. Yeah. Okay, 877, great suggestions, too. 877-960-9960. And uh, don't forget you can uh, text us uh you can rate the, our mystery shopping report that we're going to get to in a little while. And ladies, again, $50 for the first two new lady callers. 
You know, we were uh, talking about seniors and the fact that we're doing this seminar on Thursday at 2 o'clock for the benefit of the seniors of South Florida. Um, Nancy and I both had a talk with a uh, woman from uh, the uh, Port St. Lucie area. Uh, I won't mention her last name. Her first name was Margaret, and uh, she's a a widow twice. Uh, As a matter of fact, uh, her son also passed away. She's in her 90s, and she leased a, a vehicle. Uh, it was a one-pay lease, and a one-pay lease is um, a suspicious thing to me. Uh, it's where you pay all the lease payments up front. Uh, very, very few times does this occur, and there's not really a good reason to do it. Um, sometimes people may think when they are making one big lump sum payment, they're maybe buying the car, and uh, I think that. Uh, uh, I've, I've had conversations with her about the return of the car, and uh, she wanted to know if she was getting any money back uh, when she returned the car, and um, I had to explain to her no. Uh, she didn't understand the lease. So it's, it's a situation uh, that reinforced to Nancy and me how important it is for a lot of folks out there that are in their 60s, 70s, 80s, and 90s. In South Florida, we have a lot of people that are active out there on the highways buying cars, driving cars in their 80s and 90s. People that that were born in the 40s and the 50s uh, grew up in a different era, and uh, especially women, and there are a lot more women seniors because of the fact of the longevity of man versus woman. The women's longevity is about 10 years, 12 years longer. So we have a lot of widows out there that are being victimized in South Florida. It's a sad thing to say, to think that that car dealers would would de- deliberately target uh, elderly people, uh, especially widows. Uh, it does happen. Uh, they're, they're a soft target because a lot of these women that are going into car dealerships today, never bought a car before. A lot of them, uh, uh, their husbands passed away recently, and they are uh, making a large-scale purchase for the first time in their lives. Because remember, uh, back in the 40s, 50s, 60s, and even 70s, the man was the person that you know made the decision purchasing a house, purchasing a car. Not the way it should be, but that's the way it was. And so here we are uh, seeing so many seniors being victimized. And this woman... Uh, that I spoke to was uh, we're trying to help her any way we can. Matter of fact, we're, she won't be able to drive after she turns her car in, and so we're explaining to her how to use Uber, uh, which is a great solution for a lot of seniors that can't drive anymore. And she had a um, three-year-old vehicle with 4,000 miles on it, and you can imagine how little she used that car mm-hmm. over the past three years. The expense of owning that vehicle, in this case leasing that vehicle, was huge compared to what she could do to just be able to call an Uber, to have her take her to Publix, have her take her to the doctor's office, to the pharmacy. And with Uber, they even have a special plan where you can do a monthly uh, charge, which reduces the cost even more. Rick? It seems to me that the cost of the insurance alone on that car yeah. would almost equal what Uber would have cost her for exactly. what she needed. Yeah, the uh, cost of insurance on a lease car is even higher. Yeah. So, so uh that's uh, the type of thing we'll be talking about this coming Thursday at 2 o'clock. 
Uh, you folks in the south, you come or the north, take I-95 and get off at exit 53, exit west uh, to Brandywine Road, and you will be there at the United Methodist Church, the Fellowship Hall. The Gathering Place. Gathering Place. I could remember the name of it. Uh, we've rented the, the hall there for speaking at the United Methodist Church. So exit I-95, number 53, off of, exit, off of 95, Palm Beach Lakes Boulevard, real close when you go west, is almost right there, Brandywine Road mm-hmm. 900, and we'll be there at 2 o'clock, Nancy and I and Rick. Uh, Rick will be there. If you have any questions on the mechanics of cars, the computerization of cars, Rick will be there to answer that. And Nancy and I are going to talk about how not to be taken advantage of when you buy or lease a car, something that is very should be paramount in the mind of everybody, especially the seniors. Yeah, and, and back to Margaret, a uh, special hello to you, Margaret, if you're listening. And uh, I'll tell you what, what a delight it was to speak with her. And uh, her her knowledge, uh, her, her laughter uh, was really very contagious. 95 years old, and she was sharp. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Stu, uh, I have a question for you. As far as reservations are concerned mm-hmm. for the uh, seminar, that could you give that out? Absolutely. Uh, just to uh, give us a heads up on who's coming, so make sure we have enough books, and th- that way you can uh, reserve your copy of your book. If you re- RSVP by emailing Sandra V, that's S-A-N-D-R-A-V. I'll hold up the book. At ESToyota.com. And that's the book that you get. Actually, it's going to be a soft cover. It's not the hard cover. Um, but email Sandra V at ESToyota.com. Let her know how many people will be attending with you. And uh, hopefully you'll get a copy of Confessions of a Recovering Car Dealer. There you as go, lo- folks. And as long as I'm holding up the book, Rudy, cue the doggies. Uh, <laughs> if you want to buy this book, you can buy it on Amazon, and 100% of the proceeds go to Big Dog Ranch Rescue. There you go. <laughs> Big Dog Ranch Rescue. And uh, I'm not talking about just a profit. Everything that we get paid for this book it goes to Big Dog That's Ranch right. Rescue. And Big Dog Ranch Rescue is the largest no-kill shelter for doggies in the state of Florida. And we uh, found homes for uh, something like 2,000 dogs last year. And uh, we're going to do it again this year. So Big Dog Ranch Rescue, buy a book, learn how not to be ripped off by a car dealer, and not re- get, yeah, learn how not to get ripped off and maybe save a doggy at the same time. That's right. Thank and, you I, and I just want to make a point. You don't have to RSVP. You don't have to email us. You can just show up. Uh, the reason we're asked for the RSVPs, we want to make sure that if you got you get in line for that book, that you get your copy. So yeah. and, and like Stu yeah. said, you know, you if th- that's your prerogative, uh, but we will not be turning anyone away. You can be sure of that. Yeah. So we have plenty uh, of space. Plenty of space. Yeah, we definitely have plenty of space, and that is Thursday. Thursday, April the 25th at 2 p.m. And we have partnered up with the Attorney General, and uh, Ashley Moody is going to do a whole lot for us. Uh, And uh, be there. You can learn a whole lot. We still have some uh, time for a phone call or two, so I might want to give that number out before the Mystery Shopping Report comes Yeah, up. give us a call, folks, 877-960-9960, and uh, tell us what you think about your you know, latest purchase, lease, insurance, anything at all. We're here to talk to you and uh, share a little knowledge with you, and uh, maybe you can teach us a thing or two. Also, remember, youranonymousfeedback.com youranonymousfeedback.com would like to hear from you would like you to tell us how we can improve the show 
what each one of us can do to be better at what we do. Yeah, some people are a bit afraid to criticize publicly, and they feel better. Anonymous is good. You have an anonymous tip line for tax cheats, for uh, cr- crimes, and we have one for the show. You. Anonymous feedback. You're anonymousfeedback.com. Uh, I just a little little bit of uh, information that I learned. I, I learned something new on the show every day, and I had a text uh, from a <coughs> customer out there. Uh, that wasn't a customer. It was just a listener to the show, and he had a Nissan Versa, and he said the owner's manual told him to change the oil every 5,000 miles, and I thought you change the oil every 10,000 miles on all the cars, and Rick reminded me that we even had a couple of Toyotas that had a difference. So there are a few cars out there that have a oil change recommendation more frequent than 10,000 miles, and one of uh, 7,500 or 5,000, but 99% of them are still the 10,000, but go with the owner's manual. Whatever your owner's manual says on whatever make car you have, observe that. Very important that you observe what the owner's manual says. probably says 10,000 miles or six months is the most common, so give us a call at 877-960-9960. And we kept the mystery shopping report coming up pretty quick. We mystery shop Delray Honda in Delray. And they're an interesting dealership because they're owned by the Berkshire Hathaway Corporation. The Berkshire Hathaway Corporation owns uh, quite a few dealerships. And Warren Buffett is one of my heroes. Uh, I think he's a hero to a lot of people. He's a good man, very wealthy man, uh, one of the few uh, extremely wealthy people that really cares about uh, customers and, and and employees, and he's really a good person, so it'll be an interesting report. Oh, we have Julio back from Miami. Oh! Uh, good morning, Julio. Good morning, Julio. Hey, well, good morning to you. Welcome and, uh, back. Sorry for, for my problem with my uh, cell phone. Uh, uh, the uh, battery died, uh, so uh, I'm calling you from a different room uh, now. Uh, it's a pleasure talking to you because you make a lot of sense. And I want to tell you a little story about when I was in Cuba. I I was driving my 1957 Chevy, oh. and um, for some reason the battery, you know, I couldn't didn't start it. Mm-hmm. So my friend came over with a 1951 Dodge, Wayfarer Dodge, and he tried to jump it, and the battery exploded. Wow! Now, Rick, Rick, see if you can figure out why the battery exploded. I am going to guess that the last connection you made was directly on the battery, and you had some hydrogen gas buildup around that battery. Wow, that's cool. Hydrogen. Sorry, but you're wrong. <laughs> really? Now, Rick, I got you. It's the reason why. Listen to this. Uh-huh. The 1951 Dodge was a six-volt. Oh. The 1957 Chevy was a 12 51 Dodge. Oh. I got you. You got me, Leo. You got me good with that one. Yes. The Oh, the 51. Yep. Because when you're trying to charge off a uh, – trying to jump start a 12-volt off of a 6-volt, yeah, you will, you will damage that 6-volt battery. Yep. It exploded. It completely exploded. I was lucky I didn't get hit. Hey, Julio. Okay, I got another question for you. Yeah, I sure. I got another love. question for you. Yeah, go ahead, you please. Mistake. Uh, yeah. You made a, a mistake when you say jumping from one car to another. Mm-hmm. You cannot put 
the cables on the cables. You have to put the uh, negative to the ground on the car, not the ca- not not the uh, my English. Uh, you yeah. know. Uh, no, you are very words, correct. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about, right, man? You explain. Yep. You know English better the, than me, okay? The the last yeah. connection that you want to make should be to a good ground source, not directly on the cable. And the reason for that is because it'll sometimes throw a spark, and if there's hydrogen gas around that battery, that could cause a fire. So that's that's why they recommend to make that last connection to a good ground source, uh, something like the engine block or something that's just a little ways away from the battery. Yeah, you just have to check and make sure it's a good ground and not on the, uh, what do you call that thing from the battery stick, the terminal? The terminals, uh, yep. Okay, I got the word, the same in Spanish. Okay, thank you very much, uh, and uh, it's a pleasure talking to you guys. And, hey, uh, Julio, I, I, I got a question. I got to ask you one thing. What engine did you have in that 57 Bel Air or the 57 Chevy? Yeah, yeah, okay. It was a straight six. Oh. Uh, it was, uh, no, no, the Bel Air? No, no. You're talking about the Chevy. Right. Uh, I had the V8. Oh, you, was, you, you had the, the 283 in there? 280, no, no, and, no it was, it was, uh, wait a second. It wasn't. Was uh, I think the two sixty two or something? I think it was before the two eighty three. They made a smaller engine, I think. Maybe I'm wrong. Yeah. Oh, fifty seven. I'm, pr- I'm pretty sure the Chevy only. Well, had you two guys get together after the show. Why don't you run on down to Miami? Yeah, we'll get we'll get a couple cups of coffee <laughs> going. We get we get some Bustelo going and uh, nice hang out with that. Yeah. yeah. Thanks so much, Julio. We loved hearing from you, and thank you. <laughs> Thank you for taking the time it's to call ple- back. It's a pleasure talking to you guys. Call again, please. Have a great weekend. Have a good day. We're going to go to Ken, who's holding, and he's calling from Lake Worth. Hi, Ken. Good morning, Ken. Good morning. How are you? We're great. Welcome. Thank you for your service. I'm a regular listener. Great. And I really have learned a lot and uh, enjoy your show. i got a couple of questions this morning. Okay. I have a 210 Prius. I think it's a level three, they call it. And I'm the original owner. And um, I'm, I'm down here in Lake Worth for most of the year, but part of the year, that Prius uh, sits without being started in a garage up in Ohio with uh, zero degrees at, at times. And uh, if I can get my kids to do anything for me, I try to get them over there to at least start it up once or twice during the winter. Mm-hmm. And I notice that when it is started after sitting for a while, um, there's not a smooth start. I don't know if it's because the oil is, is not distributed in the engine. And when it starts, it starts extremely rough. Um which I think is not a normal sound, but that sound goes away instantaneously. And I always say that it takes time for the oil to get up into the engine. Am I I understanding that right, or is there something I should be concerned about? No, you are exactly correct. It takes a couple seconds for the oil pressure to build up, which it won't hurt anything. Um, and it also takes a couple seconds 
when the car has been sitting for a couple weeks or more, all the fuel that's in the fuel rail, the pressure has slowly worked its way back to the tank. So it takes it a second or two just basically to work the air bubbles out and smooth right. out that fuel flow. So it's a completely normal thing. Uh, we do okay. usually recommend that at least once a week you try to get someone to start the engine and let it run for 10 or 15, 20 minutes just to keep it exercised. But if not, well, you know, you do the best you can on them. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's totally right. And, you know, it's been by far one of the best cars I've ever owned. But I, I came off of a 99 RAV, which I had for 18 or 19 years, and then the, the Prius. And then my second question is, I, I rewarded myself with a uh, new RX350 F-Sport. And um, the concern is, with all the electronics on that car, leaving it sit for um, three, four months with maybe being started once during that time period, is it doing any harm to the electronics not working or the engine? The only thing you've really got to worry about there is the battery itself. And my recommendation right. is if, if the car is parked inside a garage, it gives you the perfect chance to hook up a trickle charger. Uh, these these are like okay. 10 or $15 from Walmart. You hook it right. up to the battery, and it simply pl plugs into a wall socket. And it's a very tiny battery charger that just puts a little bit of flow into the battery just to keep it maintained. Is that safe enough that I wouldn't have to worry about it uh, not being checked during the winter months? Absolutely. Okay. I, I've talked to a gentleman at the Lexus garage, and, of course, they want to put one in for like $300. And, and I, I said, well, wait a minute. These things only cost like $20. And he goes, hey, it's a Lexus. <laughs> <laughs> it's still got a 12-volt battery. Yeah, I uh, take <laughs> yeah. your take that Lexus yours to the Toyota dealer up there, Ken. You'll save a, about fifty percent of what they're charging at the Lexus dealership. Those Lexus dealerships overcharge terribly. Yep. Right. 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 But I understand that, and uh, it's just an amazing car. I've loved both my Toyota and my Lexus, but my General Motors neighbors want to all assassinate me, but I, they have to get over that. But you guys, thank you again so much for the information and accepting my call. Oh, you're so welcome. Thank you, Ken. Stay in touch. Well, we're going to be getting, uh, we're going to be going to the mystery shopping report. Yeah, we, got, we, we have we, another text. We got another text. We got time. Go yeah. ahead. Uh, we just have a comment on on our Facebook live feed. Uh, it's from Edlin, and he's a longtime listener and actually viewer because he watches the uh, the video. Uh, Evelyn says, we have a dealer here in Georgia who's still advertising cars with Takata recalls. I had a first-hand experience, he said. Yeah, it's terrible. I yeah, I was so excited when United, uh, when USA Today put it the headlines last week about uh, the uh, criminality almost of what car dealers are doing to continue to sell cars with dangerous recalls. Yeah. It should be illegal. And the fact they can advertise them, not disclose, in most cases, uh, the recall at all. Uh, and these cars 
they can kill you. And just just a shame. I thought when USA Today did it at a headline, front page headline, somebody, well, some legislature somewhere, some politician somewhere would say, hey, i got to take a stand against this. Instead, they got other stuff they need to talk about, more important than the lives of the drivers of their constituents. So. Mm-hmm. Yep. Let's get to, uh, if we don't have any other text, uh, nope. let's get to our mystery shopping report. Let's tell the folks that they can vote on the mystery shopping yeah, report. Yeah. They can simply uh, give us a text at 772-497-6530. We're gonna mystery, we did a mystery shop uh, of Delray Honda. It's a also a Costco auto program. And your vote will help us decide whether they go on our recommended dealer list or our do not buy from this dealer list. So your vote will count, and I'd like to have you uh, text it in uh, after I read this report. Tell me what you think about it. Last week, we mystery shopped Ed Morse Delray Toyota and the Costco Auto Program. Specifically, we investigated how well Delray Toyota handled a customer who was referred to them through the Costco Auto Program. Ed Morse passed with flying colors. They went strictly by the book. The salesperson was an authorized uh, dealer contact. The member's only price sheet was presented, and the price was honored. Did everything right. Uh, price was also very good. Even after accounting for over $1,000 in dealer fees, the deal represented a very small $500 markup to the dealership. That is a mini deal we call it in the business a very very short profit deal sometimes we call it a vomit deal because yes. it makes you want to vomit exactly of course we have of course we have uh, issues with the dealer fees at Edmore's uh, Delray Toyota we don't like dealer fees by any name anywhere but um, everybody does it so we really don't gig car dealers anymore when we shop them uh, about their dealer fees. We gig them for uh, deceptive behavior and deceptive advertising. Uh, they had, Delray Toyota, had an $899 administrative fee, which is a dealer fee, a $199.75 electronic filing fee, which is a dealer fee, and an $85 tag agency fee. Dealer fee. Dealer fee. Uh, dealer fee has become a generic term. <coughs> dealer fee is kind of like saying aspirin. It can be Bayer, it can be Walmart, it can be CVS, Aspirin. They just name it different stuff to fool you to thinking it's a government fee. So that's the way it goes, and that's the way it is in Florida and a lot of other states too. As I mentioned last week, if Costco Auto Program would modify the program to require the dealers to provide the member prices up front by email, the program would be much better. Just think of how much time that would save you. Shoe leather, gasoline, driving around. Get the price. Um, they say that they want their dealers yeah. to give you the price. Yeah, but it's strange, though. I mean, it's, it, it's, like, uh, it's contrary to everything that's going on in the business yeah. now. Yeah. Um, anyway, this would make the process much more transparent and give the customer the ability to decide whether to make the trip to the dealership or keep looking. And sometimes the trip's a little far because Costco doesn't have that many warehouses in the United States uh, and some areas they don't have any at all and oftentimes if you want to go through the Costco program you might have to drive for example if you live up in Port St. Lucie you have to have to come all the way to uh, Palm Beach Gardens it's a hell of a schlep yeah and you don't want to have to go down there to find out you wasted your time they should quote the prices over the phone 
So given the fact that virtually all dealers have these fees, uh, we would be holding Ed Morris Delray Toyota to a different standard if we ding them for changing them. Instead, we passed them with a B. I actually gave them an A and put them on the recommended dealer list. And I think uh, uh, they really are the, the, that was the best Costco report we had on a dealer. This week, we looked for another dealer who participated in the Costco Auto program. Agent Thunder went online and visited CostcoAuto.com and searched for a new 2019 Honda, Honda Pilot. The closest authorized dealer was Delray Honda, a Berkshire Hathaway dealership. I mentioned that earlier. That's Warren Buffett, one of the most honorable business people there is. And I, I, I keep thinking about I'd love to be able to sit down with Warren Buffett and talk to him about his chain of dealerships. Wouldn't that be something? I could do that. All I'd have to do is bid on the lunch. Yeah. You can bid for the lunch with Warren every year in December. He auctions off lunch with himself to the highest bidder. The problem is last year went for like $3 million. Mm. Somebody paid $3 million. And I'm sorry I can't pay $3 million <laughs> to have lunch with Warren. Uh, but uh, anyway, uh, maybe we could get donations. I don't know. Huh. Uh, after I submitted my info and located the dealer on CostcoAuto.com, I was directed to the confirmation page that indicated my dealer was Delray Honda, and I was given my confirmation number. Uh, I didn't. I, I, I didn't know what sort of a number is it, Stu? Is it a, a multi-digit sort of a thing, or? Yeah, it's a like almost like a serial number. Serial number, yeah. yeah. And with that number, they know who you are. Correct. And they can cross-reference that at the dealership. I don't know if the dealership can, maybe Costco Auto Program can. Okay. I waited for the email's uh, arrival, uh, but they didn't (laughs) arrive. I waited a while, checked my junk mail, checked my uh, clutter, nothing. I decided to resubmit on the site. Same thing happened. Nothing came through. Normally, like last week when we did uh, Delray Toyota, uh, we got a couple of emails right away. But nothing happened. So, uh, Agent Thunder, I was speaking the first person, I headed down to uh, Delray Toyota. Honda. I arrived around noon, parked, headed to the entrance. There were a lot of salespeople around. I didn't see any customers. I went through to a group of three male salespeople at the front door, and they followed me in. I approached the youngest-looking salesperson, tried to explain why I was there. I said I'd made an inquiry with Costco, but I didn't know who to ask for because I couldn't get the confirmation email. And let me emphasize, if you're a Costco member, always try to deal with the Costco-designated, certified Costco representative. Yeah. If you don't do that, you're asking for trouble. Yeah. They, re- they refer to him as the authorized dealer contact. Authorized yeah. dealer contact. If you have trouble like we did, I'd go back to Costco. I'd go on their 800 number and say, hey, I'm trying to buy this car from your certified Delray Honda dealer in Delray, Florida, and I'm not getting any emails. I'm not able to communicate with anybody there that says they're the certified member. Uh, the certified member is shown on the website, though. Right, Stu? Yes. Yeah. Uh, salesperson had no idea what I was talking about when I asked for the certified member and explained <laughs> I didn't get the emails. He didn't say anything, but he looked like he was thinking really hard. An older salesman was apparently listening. He approached me, introduced himself as Travis. He said he could help out with the Costco Auto program. Travis led me to the office, tried to find my information on his computer. Uh, he kept saying, there should be a lead in there, but he couldn't find the lead. I had 
Uh, I, I said I had submitted everything okay, and I showed him my screenshot of my confirmation number. Good thing I did that. He probably would have questioned the fact that I had actually, I was a Costco member. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, but fortunately, that confirmation number must have convinced him. Travis said he needed to go find out what was going on, walked out of the office, within 30 minutes. Yeah. Wow. Uh, Agent Thunder said during that time he ate a hot dog and an entire bag of chips. Is that right? Yes. Mm. <laughs> Interesting bit of trivia. <laughs> at least they had, they, at least they had yeah. snacks. What type of chips? I have no idea, but it's nice to have something to nosh on, you know. And did he have to pay for the hot dog? Um, he didn't mention I'm assuming that it was a complimentary hot dog. Wow. Which is a... Well, there's a plus yeah. for you voters out there. Complimentary hot dogs at Del Rionda. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> you so we need to verify lunch. that. Everybody hang on. <laughs> yeah, head on down. <laughs> when he returned, he explained that they were having a hard time with Costco leads today, meaning probably a technical glitch. For some reason, the leads weren't coming in. And I, I just noted that in the thing because I'm always amused how casually salespeople will, like, use um, you know, a dealer slang. And, like, the customer is supposed to understand that. If you have no idea what he's talking about, it sounds a little, a little yeah. odd, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah. We assume... And I say we because we're in the car business. We assume a lot of uh, customers understand the process, and they don't. Yeah. And uh, they shouldn't. There's no need to. I was feeling a little irritated as Agent Thunder, uh, as if I were Agent Thunder, for being made to wait. But mainly because Travis's focus seemed to be totally on some sort of a technical glitch the dealership was experiencing. I had already been uh, there a long time, and nothing had been accomplished so far. Wasting a lot of time. We started from scratch. After a uh, half hour, we uh, established exactly which car I wanted to buy. I asked Travis if I was still going to get the Costco price, and he said I was. He asked me to wait uh, for him while he got the Honda Pilot, pulled it around for me. Once again, 20 more minutes. Wow. A lot of people would have walked out after that yeah. amount of time. This is Agent Hunter's longest mystery shop so far. Yeah. We walked around the car, read the Maroney label together. MSRP was $35,525. There was an addendum for 1832 in dealer-installed accessories. Sealant, mudguards, security, plus a double dip on the manufacturer's yep. delivery fee. That's a no-no. And that's particularly annoying to me because not only is it unethical, I believe it's illegal. It should be. Uh, you're having the manufacturer includes the destination charge, delivery fee, in the invoice. So the dealer's yes. already paid for that. And it's also on the Monroe label. It's so, on the MSRP. So I have a picture of this, and it didn't come through that clear. It took yeah. me a while because there's a big yeah. reflection on it. But you can clearly see on the addendum, it's 9.95 for that. And then if you look over a little bit to the right, right there it's charged again by the manufacturer. So that's yeah. a double dip, clearly. Uh, charging it twice. For the delivery fee, uh, that has got to be illegal. And I know Warren Buffett would weep about that. Warren Buffett would be shocked. I mean, we're talking about a Costco auto program. Yeah, yeah. And it is just supposed to be easy, it's, transparent. We're talking about Warren Buffett and we're talking about Costco. Two revered brands, right? Absolutely. I mean, uh, Costco, you can trust with your life. Warren Buffett, you can trust with your life. And you're caught in the middle with Delray Honda, a car dealership. It kind of shows you the corruption of the ethics, transparency, honesty. The, the car dealer system is corrupting two hallowed institutions. Yeah, Warren absolutely. Warren Buffett and uh, what, what else can you say what after that? And I think what kept Agent Thunder's attention was the hot dog. 
(laughs) (laughs) Because if it would have been anyone else. I would have required a hot dog as well. So the total of the Denimare, we're talking $1,832 in worthless dealer addendum. Uh, yeah, mudguards, mudguards, yeah, and then we're talking about uh, you know we got the eighteen thirty two and dealer stolen accessories and what I say, what was the dealer fees? That was uh, oh, over a thousand, over a thousand, too much. Yeah, Warren would be very upset about this. Uh, total denim was twenty two eighty seven, making dealer list thirty eight thousand one hundred twenty one. Travis was largely silent. I was getting a presentation. I wasn't getting a presentation. He asked if I wanted to drive it. I said I did. On the ride, I did all the talking. Travis was distant and seemingly distracted. I asked him if everything was okay. He said it was one of those days in return of the dealership. Nancy and I were chit-chatting on the way in the car, and she commented on this phrase. And I thought it was money. Yeah. That's exactly what I thought. Travis just wasn't going to make what he would normally make. It's you know, one of those days when I, I when I get a Costco guy. <laughs> yeah. Now the this is another thing that Costco should be aware of, is that most salespeople are paid on commission. Virtually all. Yeah. Twenty five percent is a standard percentage. Twenty five percent of the price of the profit on the car, the amount of the profit. The higher the profit, the the salesperson can convince you to pay. The more he makes. If he makes four thousand dollars, he makes a thousand dollar commission. However. With Costco and True Car and other mini deals, we call them mini deals, uh, the salespersons pay what we call a flat, typically a hundred dollars. Yeah. So Travis is thinking I could be making a thousand buck commission. I'm going to make a hundred bucks, and that's the reason he had a distant stare. He said, "Why me?" Right. <laughs> or he could have been having a bad day. He we could be having we a don't bad know. day. I don't know. So there we are. Uh, Travis returned with two pieces of paper. One was a worksheet buyer's order, and the other was labeled vehicle invoice. The invoice price was $32,460.90. Now, remember, we talked about invoice earlier. Invoice is not the cost of the car. We put invoice in quotation marks. Yeah. The invoice Air quotes. was $32,460.90. Below the invoice price in green pen was written Costco member discount. So right away, they're discounting the invoice by $2,400. That tells you that's not the cost of the car. Okay, that's true. Uh, But right below that, they added (laughs) $439.68. Apparently, I was getting, Agent Thunder, I was getting a 76% off the dealer (laughs) added accessories. I was getting 76% off the worthless dealer installed accessories. Now, that's uh, for you voters out there in uh, Facebook land and uh, YouTube land. They're going to be voting on this. That's a no-no. On the buyer's order, they added a $899 pre-delivery service charge, a $239 electronic filing fee, and an $18.50 agency fee, uh, sales tax, and a hefty $540 tag. That's awful high for a tag. I question the, the amount of that tag, but we don't have any evidence. Total dealer fees, $1,156. So the interesting thing is, I asked him, by the way, if I could take the buyer's order with me to discuss with my family. He said he could, and uh, that's another plus because a lot of time car dealers won't allow you to bring the uh, dealer, the uh, 
vehicle buyer's order because yeah. you can shop and compare it. They don't want you to do that. The uh, interesting thing was that was still a good price. Yep. And uh, even after adding back the dealer fees, it was only about a $500 profit mm-hmm. to the dealer. That is a low profit. So in spite of all the mess up, the glitches in the system, uh, the rest of it, that was a really good price. It was, and and I, I think uh, you hit the nail on the head when he, so Travis knows he wasn't going to make a big commission. So why fight for another fight for, fight for anything? It's it's nothing to him. It's going to be a, a mini, as, yeah. as we call it. And the, the, the true car price was thirty thousand thirty two dollars before yeah. dealer fees, well, and I don't like that. I mean, I I don't like the fact that they. Costco allows the dealers to separate that. Well, here's this we looked at. So we, I don't, I don't know Honda, so we we went on TrueCar to, to get an idea. Is that a good price? And yeah. It was a good price, but their TrueCar price uh, was actually lower than uh, than the uh, yeah. than the Costco price, and that breaks the rules for Costco. Yeah, I forgot about that. I'm yeah. glad you you caught me on that. Uh, it isn't published on the Costco uh, website, but the contract between the dealers and Costco says that we insist that you give the lowest price to all of our yep. Costco members. And that's the reason the Costco program is so cool, because if they abide by that rule, you yeah. get the best deal you can possibly get anywhere. You will get you should get better than a true car price. Mm-hmm. In this case here, the true car price was better. So Same so dealership. And one other thing, the, those accessories. So when you, yeah. on the Costco um when you get the confirmation, it says you don't pay for those dealers installed yeah. options, yeah. and they charge them four hundred and yeah. something. So we'll be reporting uh, this to Costco, and Costco will go after Delray Honda, and they will tell them to clean up their act. The two violations they made, as Stu just pointed out, they they didn't have the lowest price they offered anybody because two car had the lowest price, and the other one was you're supposed to give those worthless addendum items to the customer, your Costco customers, free. You can, you can have them on the car, but you can't charge the Costco customer for it. But they did charge the customer uh, about four or five hundred dollars for those fees. So there we have it. Uh, we had a, a good price. Uh, it was a good price. Uh, you could say, if you, when you're judging this, when all the smoke settled and the excitement was over with, the customer got a good price, and maybe that warrants a passing grade. Well, on the other hand, you might say was, they were cheating the Costco program, and maybe that's the reason they shouldn't get to it. I don't know. Uh, let's start uh, bringing the scores in. Uh, Rick, I'll go with you first. What do you think Delray Honda should get, passing or failing? I'm going to say a D, barely passing, only because you know we're, we're going on the curve, but I, I think the Ball got dropped mainly by Costco, it seems like, in this case. Communication. They There's don't, a communication they're error. Spo- there. They're supposed to keep the dealers honest. I mean, it sounds kind of like uh, uh, like an overly harsh thing to say to Costco, but you know the nature of the beast. The well, dealers, by definition, read the Gallup poll, Costco, read the Gallup poll. The least honest ethical profession since 1977. If You, you have to police these people. And if you don't police them, this is what happened. I can train my dog not to go to the bathroom in the house, but I still have to reinforce that and take her outside and make sure she gets the opportunity to do what's right trust and but, keep an eye on her. Trust but verify yeah. what Ronald Reagan said about the Soviet Union. Absolutely. Nancy. Uh, <clears throat> the uh, 
the Costco auto program is supposed to be impeccable. Uh, th this transaction left a bad taste in my mouth. Uh, the back and forth, uh, the, the, uh, Travis, uh, what was wrong with him, what was, wasn't wrong with him. You know, I'm not there to determine that as a consumer. I'm going in for the Costco auto program, and that's what I expect. And all of this back and forth is just simply not necessary. And if it would have been I, I would have walked. Hot dog or no hot dog? Score? Fail. Fail. Stu? All right, we got some grades from our listeners and viewers. Uh, Linda, she weighed in pretty early, so uh, I don't know at what point. <laughs> she F across the board. Uh, Neil gives him a C. Steve also gives him an F. Laura gives him a D. Gene gives him an A for the price, but an F for cheating. And we also have uh, Ray gives him a D, um, but he will elevate it to a C if it was a footlong hot dog. <laughs> this is a hard one for me because you know if you, the bottom line yeah. uh, agent thunder got a great price yeah. uh the costco program got kind of uh adulterated we should say but it didn't affect the customer so much the worst thing was just the uh the amount of time he spent and the disinterest of the salesperson i can't give him a high score i'm giving giving him a c minus but do we know if it was a costco hot dog <laughs> I I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, if I'm it a, was a Costco hot dog, this now, that hard, may change everything. This is a harder <laughs> score that I've had to give. I'm going to give it a D, and I'm going to slide him along on a recommendation. But uh, I'm going to uh, – I, I, I really want to fail him because of the double dip on the freight. Uh, that is uh, – that's mm. really low. Double dip. I'm hoping it was pure <laughs> ignorance, but if they don't change that right away – I am really going to take them off the list. Yeah. You can't charge twice. We'll put for an free. asterisk. We'll put them on the list, but they get an asterisk. Asterisk, exactly. Because yeah. that was on a separate case. We can't conflate the two. Okay, yeah. folks. Um, I'm going to remind you just one more time about uh, our seminar that's going to take place on April the 25th. Earl and I would like to invite you to a free seminar on how not to get ripped off by a car dealer. Seniors versus Crime from the Attorney General's Office has partnered up with us to put on this special event. And believe me, ladies and gentlemen, it's going to be a special event. So please join us Thursday, April the 25th at 900 Brandywine Road in West Palm Beach at the United Methodist Church. And uh, they're providing this gathering place for us for this event because there's going to be uh, just about 500 guests that will be there, and they'll all receive a free book, Confessions of a Recovering Car Dealer. That's exit 53 off I-95. A lot of you folks are coming from Port St. Lucie or maybe Broward County. Just get on I-95 uh, and head in the right direction. When you get to 53, exit off I-95, go west. And you'll be on Brandywine Road. You'll find the United Methodist Church there. Just tell Siri to take me to the United Methodist Church. Yeah, there right. you go. There you go. Or there. tell uh, uh, Google Maps. Or Google Maps. There Absolutely. you go. And where you couldn't be happier with uh, the Attorney General, Ashley Moody, and her Week in Review. Take a look at it. Florida's new senior protection team. They're going to be right there to help us to enforce the law. I think that we have one minute left. I want to thank everyone for tuning in to Earl Stewart on Cars, and we will see you on Thursday. Rick, Earl, and myself will be right there on Brandywine Road. That's right. Have a great weekend.